Let's get you up to date on Forge FC. This is Focus on Forge with Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Hello, Forge fans. It's the Forge Audio Network. I'm Anthony Urcioli bringing you the Focus on Forge. We'll be joined shortly by Mitchell Tierney from canpl.ca. We'll talk Forge, of course. We'll talk CPL. And uh, Forge FC coming off a very impressive win. 3-0 the final over Pacific FC at home. Borges set a goal. Pasilla set a goal. Ashton Morgan, his first as a member of Forge FC um, in his first season with the club. Forge now setting themselves up to be in complete control of their own destiny should they want to finish atop top of the table. It's, um, I mean, it's ultimately up to them. We've seen Forge at their best. We've seen that they can beat anybody. And with the way things are lining up with the games in hand and whatnot, Forge in control. And Forge looking to finish first. We can talk about, you know, how important the standings are. The reality is you finish first, you guarantee home field throughout the postseason, which means you just have to win two straight home matches to win the CPL title. I mean, it's a huge advantage. So top spot, very important. Pacific still holding it down, but Forge within striking range and uh, playing a few less games than Pacific has now. Forge will take on Halifax at Wanderers Ground. Up next, um, Wanderers looking for some revenge. Last time Forge played there, Halifax was handed their worst loss in franchise history. That was a 3-0 loss. And uh, that really kind of started steering things in a better direction for Forge. There was that terrible match against CF Montreal, which I maintain and I will... I will stick with this until something shows me otherwise, but that match against CF Montreal, the embarrassment that Forge felt, head coach Bobby Smirniot has called it the worst half of football since Forge has been a club. That's three and a half years now, and um, it did something. It it uh, it awoken something, a beast inside of Forge, if you will, a dragon, I guess would be more fitting, and it righted the ship, at least for now, but um, I feel pretty good. As a Forge fan, you should feel pretty good. I know the club feels pretty good about how this season is shaping up now. Um, speaking of Borges, we're going to bring Mitchell Tierney in in a moment. But before we get there, um, Borges is now, speaking of being in position to uh, take over top spot, Borges, uh, Borges has five goals. He's one off the lead, the league lead, and he's played less matches than Alejandro Diaz has for Pacific, who is currently in the lead. He has six, Borges has five, but uh, yeah, uh, Borges with plenty of opportunity to make up ground, um, and he has been absolutely on fire, and I was able to speak to him this week. Um, you know, uh, even though I'm the one getting the goals, uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with the team, how we've been playing. Um, you know, you can see the goals that, that, that I've been scoring, even if it's a good finisher or, or anything like that. I think it goes to show that we're executing what the game plan is, right? So uh, for me, it's just understanding my role on what I play, you know, when I when I get on the field and the ball comes to me and I, I just have to execute. I think that's the biggest thing is execution. You know, through the combination of um, injuries and uh, different kinds of health issues through uh, that some players are experiencing combined with the international duty um, that a few players are on right now. Forge will have some spots to be filled by guys that maybe aren't used to playing as many minutes, some younger players. Um, they're going to get an incredible opportunity coming up here because they will have to fill in some spots and um, play some bigger roles. And the club is confident in them. 
Coach is confident in them, and one of those guys that uh, has already played meaningful minutes this season and will likely be counted on to do so um, this week and down the road as well is uh, Noah Jensen, who's been an incredible addition for Forge FC, a guy that looks a lot like Kyle Becker in terms of, I don't mean appearance-wise, but in the way he plays, his leadership, he's been a captain before, and I was able to speak to Jensen this week and um, talk about that bigger role that he's expected to take on now. Yeah, I mean, I think we all do. Um, everyone on the bench knows that there's a role for us to play in the game, and I think that's what you've kind of seen the last last two, three games is it's taken everyone, and we know that we need good team performances to get these wins, and I think everyone's been done a really good job to stay on the same page, and you can see that in the results for sure. Yeah, even... You know, the, the fact that um, you can, you know, we talk about chemistry and cohesion and, and the fact that even if you're not playing a ton of minutes, um, the chemistry is still there. Is that built through training? Is it just through rapport with the guys? Yeah, I mean, we have like we have an excellent group. Um, the older guys do a great job of integrating all of us on a daily basis in training. And I think the training sessions that we have are really set up to make sure that all 18 guys know exactly their roles and what they might may have to do every weekend. And so regardless who's playing, we know what the job is and what has to get done. All right, you heard from Tristan Borges, you heard from Noah Jensen. Now let's hear from Mitchell Tierney from canpl.ca. I just, you know, I'm I'm looking at the I took a peek at the standings today in the in the CPL. It's been a fun year. I I mean, early in the year we talked about parity, but it it's no one I mean, a few teams have kind of separated themselves, but the top half of the standings, it, it's pretty it's it's pretty cluttered. Teams like Forge still have games in hand. All in all, it's been it's been an unpredictable season, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just been fun, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're we're starting to get to the the phase in the season where we're starting to learn who the deep teams are, who the teams are who um, can kind of put in that extra performance, who can get the the players off the bench when needed, uh, that sort of thing. You know, early on in the season, it's Pacific clubs like York are are coming well out of the gates and then a couple injuries and all of a sudden not looking so good. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're starting to get to that point in the year where, you know, the, the real cream is rising to the top in the camp Premier League. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of show the, the, the parody in this league, the top two teams right now, Pacific and Atletico have minus goal differentials, which I mean, that's something you don't see very often after, you know, almost a dozen games into the season. So, I mean, it goes to show you that, Week to week, you never really know what what you're going to get. And there are a lot of teams, even Edmonton, I know they're still looking for their first win, but they've been a tough out, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any result that's thrown off the statistics in this league more than that 6-1 loss of Atletico Ottawa to Valor. Because I think in the the other games combined, like they barely allowed more, they've allowed more than a goal like once um, so far. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been... It's been one of those league seasons where there's ups and downs. Different clubs have shown good moments, and um, it's been yeah. I, th- I think we're we're starting to learn more and more the the real situation of all clubs. Yeah, and, and before we get to Forge, Atletico Ottawa has been a nice story this year. Um, you know, they're still, I mean, they're they're the newest team in in the league, and it just it did not take them long to find their footing. No, it didn't. Uh, very impressed with with new coach Carlos Gonzalez and and everything he's been able to to bring to the table. Um, it's you know it, there's something special going on there. Again, we talk about depth 
they're a side who after last year where you know they they really struggled to to have multiple options that sort of thing you bring in blue tabla you bring in a, a number of these attacking players and all of a sudden you're ro- you're rolling veteran canpl players like carl howarth uh, brian wright off the bench and and uh, that's what it takes to to win in this league, and yeah, they've they've been an excellent story, like you mentioned so far this year. Well, you mentioned attacking players, and you know, early this season, the focus that was put on Forge was the fact that they were struggling, and, and they were the offense just it wasn't quite clicking, and everyone, you know, what's wrong with Forge? What's wrong with Borges specifically? Well, Borges has been in fire lately. I, I, he's a goal off the. Um, he has five goals and. Diaz has six, so he's one off the lead, and he has some some games to make up as well. Uh, Borges, you know, he he's he's one of those guys that was relied on for offense, but Forge as a whole wasn't scoring much. And one thing I noticed was early in the year there were a lot of highlight reel type individual efforts from Forge. You know, Hojabrapor and Noah Jensen had a had a great goal from distance, and Schwanier, and these were goals from like fifteen to twenty yards out. Since then, though, and as Forge has been winning more and the results have been there, there have been a lot more team goals, a lot more, you know, four to five passes inside 20 yards and then kind of uh, clinical finishes. I don't think it's a coincidence that as the offense has gelled, the results have come for Forge. No, certainly not. I mean, you talked about uh, the, the negative goal differential of some of those teams at the top. Forge is one of those sides who's starting to to really, you know, build up their positive goal differential and some, some big offensive results recently. Um, I, yeah, I think obviously it takes some time, especially when you're bringing in a guy like Taron Campbell, who's, who's new to the attack and, and, you know, takes some time to, to adjust there. There's always going to be some growing pains, but everyone seems to be finding their role right now. And like you said, it's been, it's been a really good team effort, but within that team structure, uh, a guy like Tristan Borges, who's been dominant in this league before, starting to really showcase himself again. And, you know, it's it's crazy how much for attacking players' confidence makes all the difference. You get a hat trick, you get a goal against Toronto FC, and all of a sudden, you know, everything seems to be going in for Borges. And, um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's after a slow start, he's right back in there for the golden boot conversation, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and one of the, you know, after that TFC match and players were disappointed, but uh, Bobby was very optimistic with not only the performance, but... There was a sense that, okay, for the first time in this club's history, Forge can now focus solely on their domestic matches because they, mm-hmm. there is no Canadian championship. There is no CONCACAF. And you wonder, you know, Bobby Smirniotis is one of these guys that, you know, the league hasn't been around that long, but I think he cemented himself as one of the top minds in the league. Now he gets even more time to prepare week to week. And that's one of those storylines that kind of got lost in all this, that, can Bobby be even more dangerous? Can Forge be even more dangerous with extra days to prepare for their opponents? Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, there's even the the mental side of things where Forge have almost been like a sleeping giant in this league where, you know, we've seen Pacific, Ottawa, Cavalry, grab all, uh, York to some extent, grab all the headlines in recent weeks. Well, Forge, you know, they've played less games than everyone else. They've maybe been a little under the radar. Sure, they haven't had some, some performances that maybe they, they'd like back, but I mean, you look at the points per game, you look at what they're what they've done over the last little bit, like this is starting to look like the same old forge of, of many years ago. And now, you know, like you said, they have that opportunity where um, you know, there's no CONCACAF League, there's no con or there's no Canadian championship, there's no CONCACAF Champions League, there's no any of these right. um many, many competitions. 
they can focus on the league and uh, a focused forge team as we all know is is incredibly incredibly dangerous yeah and, and it wasn't just the amount of matches but the amount of travel that they they also have had to go through the last mm-hmm. few years um yeah so has there been a club this season that you think has maybe I don't, I don't know if I want to say overperformed, but maybe has been a surprise and is maybe now starting to fade a little bit. Is there kind of been that team playing above their head this year, in your opinion? Well, it's probably Pacific. And I mean, again, they were playing at a ridiculously great, mar- like, um, you know, performance to start the season. They mm-hmm. were um, at, at such a good level, but. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty clear how much Manny Aparicio in particular means to that club. And right. you know, any team this year that or any team that suffers one injury and then looks that different is you know is maybe not the top of the table club in in any league. So uh, I think we're starting to to learn that about Pacific, and uh, I, th- I still think they'll be up there towards the end of the year because they're they're very good, but they maybe aren't this all conquering side that they looked to be through the first you know six, seven match weeks of, of the Canadian Premier League year. And that goes to your point when you talked about now this is where we see teams and their club's depth being tested. And, and I guess that goes to your point with Pacific. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's a bit of an interesting month, this one, because you mentioned that the preparation of the time, there actually is less games for, for a lot of clubs. So they will be more, um, more ready for, for different fixtures. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting one. And like you said, the, so many, so many injuries at this point in the year. The clubs are going to have to really uh, start relying on their bench. Yeah, it's weird that the season feels like it just started, but I'm already excited for the playoffs. Just, just because of how tight we know whoever finishes, whoever finishes fifth, you get the feeling is going to just miss out by a tiebreaker or a point. It's that tight right now in the top top half of the league. Um, a team, you know, it, it's hard not to feel for Edmonton. Just. We know what they're what they're dealing with. We know, you know, whether it's the, the coaching staff has talked about it. They're dealing with different, uh, you know, they're hampered by things like budgets and youth and all that. But they just every week you're like, I think this is going to be it. I think they're going to pull it out. And then just that inexperience shows and that the final few minutes. But I mean, it's weird because you look at the standings and you go, oh, my gosh, Edmonton's like a, a doormat this year. But then you watch the games and it, they all seem close. And it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. Again, I think I think your point is good about the the experience of the side, right? Like that is that is something that really reigns true in this league. And again, when we're talking about things that have been difference maker in in recent weeks, it's the experience of guys like Ollie Bassett in Ottawa. You know, multiple players in Forge, Kyle Becker, that sort of thing, um, that are winning out and winning games for for their side. Um, you know, Edmonton doesn't really have those types of players and. They'll, they'll get leads in games and then won't know exactly what to do with it. And again, we saw that last night against Halifax where, the, you know, they go up early and then they they invite a lot of pressure and, and Halifax ultimately win out. So it'll happen for Edmonton this year. I'm confident of that. There, there's enough quality there and they've been scoring goals. I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the, that's the most difficult thing to do in soccer is score goals. So they've been doing that at a decent rate this year. It's just about keeping goals out of their own net. Um, yeah, that will eventually obviously get them hopefully a win this year. Yeah, I mean, Forge avoided near disaster, almost losing to Edmonton. Just, I mean, they had to come back from two different uh, deficits. But, I mean, Edmonton scored three goals in that match. Mm-hmm. So, again, to, to your point about Edmonton's ability to to put the ball in in that. Um, what is going on with 
York. I mean, I, I, I think this is a club that when this league was announced, I think you expected some quality from York. And, and I think a lot of people from Hamilton, especially expected that built in kind of rivalry with, with York and the rivalry has been just kind of dull just, and it's because of the fact that York just hasn't been the quality club that, um, I mean, even Forge fans have hoped that you want that kind of built in geographical rivalry, but uh, for York's quality just kind of makes it so it's not a big deal. Um, I don't think it's it's quite as, you know, may, maybe tough as that <laughs> that paints the picture. Like, I do think, uh, I mean, obviously they haven't scored in five games. That's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing here. They They really, really haven't been able to score and they're relying on a lot of young strikers, Lowell Wright, Ozazie de Rosario. Um, who maybe just haven't been informed. They've had a lot of chances. I mean, they're underperforming their expected goals like nobody's business. I think it's almost mm-hmm. six now over the course of 10 games, which is absolutely wild in the Canadian Premier League to, or in any league to, you know, underperform your expected goals and chances by by that that much. And I think they have the base of something here, though. They defensively are solid. They're, they're tied with the league-leading clean sheets. They barely ever concede anything. Um, you know, last time Forge played them, it was it was a one nil result where they, they held Forge to a clean sheet, which again, barely ever ever happens. So I think there's a lot to to build on for York, and I think if if we're talking about sides maybe at the top that aren't um, that, that might fall a little bit, York's one of those sides that I do expect to be really pushing that playoff bubble at the end of the year, and and perhaps even in it, just because again, once they get healthy, once they um, once they continue to be able to score, like they have an identity here that is, is built for long-term success. All right. Well, hopefully, I mean, that'd be great. The more quality clubs uh, in this league, the better for sure. Uh, Mitchell tyranny where I'm sure we can find your stuff on canpl.ca. Anything you want to promote plug? Um, We'll have a piece coming up uh, later on today on, on all the guys who are going to U20 from, from the Canadian Premier League. That includes of course, uh, York United, uh, Lowell Wright and, and two guys from um, Forge as well, Dino Bontis and Kwesi Poku. So um, yeah, plenty on, on that and just getting to know those players a little bit more and, and the importance of having so many young Canadian Premier League players in, in the U20 side. Yeah. It's funny before I, I talked to Noah Jensen about that this week and it's, I, I, it was weird because I, I said, you know, I was asking him, I go a few years ago, like th- this league didn't even exist. Like, where would you be playing right now? I mean, you, you just never know where your career could go. And the Canadian Premier League just opened so many doors wide open. And it also got some players a lot of exposure so that they are getting recognized by international clubs as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Wright's got, he's 18. He's got 42 games of professional experience. Um, Poku's played at the Azteca. Like those are those are things that Canadian youth national team players didn't have in their locker just a couple of years ago, as you mentioned. And now, because of the Canadian Premier League, they have that experience to draw on. And you know, I th- I think we're going to see the dividends of that down in Honduras during this tournament. Awesome, looking forward to it. All right, Mitchell, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, that's going to do it for the Focus on Forge, but keep it locked onto the Forge Audio Network. Um, A lot more content coming to you this week ahead of that match uh, with Halifax on Sunday. Um, You'll have the match day preview where we'll get more in-depth and tee up that that matchup at Wanderers Ground. We'll also uh, give you the three keys to the match. What does Forge FC need to do to secure three points on the road? So keep it locked. Keep checking. Thanks for listening. And as always, we will talk to you soon. Oh!
Forge Audio Network.